0: Good evening. good evening. Good evening. That's pretty good. Let me pray. We'll read Psalm 133. We're going to talk about music tonight, which is pretty great. Then we'll probably turn some music on, and we're going to feast. Father in heaven, we are so incredibly grateful to be here, to be here as a family, to be reunited with, with family members that we haven't seen in a bit. And so, Lord, we just ask you to, to bless us all, bless those who have to travel and have to drive, uh, bless us to be in hope and in joy to sing songs of joy to you in all that we do. And so just fill us with your grace and your love, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, indeed. This is my favorite time of the week. Even when I'm tired, like today, this is still like, this will be the recharge, which will just get me on fire for church tomorrow, which is pretty great. Community is really important. I We're going to probably talk about the hope we have in community in a couple weeks, and that was what I was originally going to talk about this week, but then God has this funny way of kind of directing you, directing me in the things, in things that I need to hear, and then I try to share those with you, and so we're going to talk about music, but I I love being in community with, with all of you, and I really truly mean that. I, I love having you all as my brothers and sisters. I love being able to tell our story of reconnecting. That's really cool. And we get together here, and we it is iron sharpening iron. It is people strengthening each other. We had a great conversation on Thursday about that very thing. And so this this last week, I've been thinking a lot about music and how much I love music and how much music has impacted me. And most of you probably know, because you're here a lot, that we don't have a TV in this room, we used to a long time ago, and then we realized it was silly, and so we got a couch instead so that we could sit and interact with people. But instead of having television on, the thing that is constantly playing in our house is music. We have these speakers in almost every room, and we play music out in the backyard, and we play it out in the front, and usually once there's a couple of us awake in the morning, the music plays, and we have a variety of playlists that we shuffle through throughout the day. We love music so much that we turned half of the basement, we kind of repurposed and put a TV down there, into a music collaboration area for the kids. So we could have a piano and have drums and have the steel drums and the guitars and all of the things in an area where the kids could come together or others could come together and collaborate on music. And why, why are we listening to it? Why do we want to collaborate with it? Why do we talk to you guys about the music that you play? It's because music actually really matters. And, and we all know this to be true. Even people who don't know God know this to be true. Do you remember, like, especially in grownups, when you were teenagers and there was, like, A song? Back in the old days, there were these things called cassette tapes. You had to flip them over by hand. Yeah, it was crazy. It was dark It was dark, it was dark times. No, no, the new Walkmans had the A, B flip side thing that was really cool. stereo in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used, used to have a cassette tape adapter. Do you remember that? You'd stick it in the cassette tape hole and it had a wire that hung out, and then you'd plug it into your Walkman or your Discman. The Discman was horrible traveling, though, because it was a portable CD player that every time you hit a pothole, which is basically all of Denver, the song skipped. We, we suffered. We did, these were these were dark. If people tell you that the post-millennial hope isn't true, you got digital music on your phone anytime you want it. That right there is proof that the world is getting better. But do you remember music, especially when you were a teenager, or those of you still are teenagers, like, like the music that helped you through the really, deep emotional difficult times, or the music that you really loved, or there were songs that were really captivating to you that really seemed to to resonate with you, and that happens as an adult as well. We were sharing songs just the other day that resonate with us. Songs can take us back in memories, right? They can take us back to good places, bad places. They can articulate things that we're feeling. And what do we do? What did we just do a few minutes ago before we sat down here? We, We sang a song for Ray's birthday how do we celebrate birthdays we do it with song what, what do we do at the end of a wedding we dance thank goodness we don't do like we could do what do you guys think about karaoke wedding just put that put that in your she shakes her head no quickly but what do we do at, at weddings right we play music and we dance we have music to celebrate events even at funerals when I officiate for funerals, there's usually a song list that's associated with the order of service. And a lot of times it's hymns or songs that the deceased particularly liked or songs that family members have that remind them of the deceased. Uh, what do we do when we want to soothe babies and put them to sleep? Well, we rock them and we sing to them. And Why is this? Why does everybody, even those who don't know the Lord, know how powerful music is? It's because music, music is the joyful expression of the soul. Now, not all music, we're gonna talk about some bad music in a little bit, but good music is the joyful expression of the soul. That's because music connects us emotionally. And the reason for that, and this should be no surprise to you, is because God made it so. Music and singing are the ways that we can use our creative will, these are blessings that God has given us, and we can use those to joyfully worship God, to, to establish emotional connections and to joyfully worship God. And music has always been a part of God's economy. If you go to the very beginning of the Bible, If we we look in the lineage of Cain, we see the first reference to music in Genesis 4.21. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play the lyre and the pipe. So at the very beginning of mankind, there were people who were gifted to play musical instruments. And it was so important, it was so important that God chose to mention that in the lineage of the beginning of time. right? So back in Genesis 4, that the fact that Jubal was the father of all who played the lyre and the pipe was something that, that was important enough for God to mention because music is important. It's a big part of God's economy. So then you could fast forward a bit and you could find Israel wandering in the, the uh, wilderness in chapter 21 of Numbers. It chronicles the movements of Israel, the Israelites, and the places that they camped. And It says in Numbers 21.16 and from then, they continue to, I think it's be air, that, that is the well of which the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together so that I may get, uh, give them water. So they've been wandering and they've been camping and they're, they're tired and they're probably thirsty and they're on this way to this well. If you've been camping in the wilderness and there's not a lot of water, a well of water is probably something that you're going to be incredibly joyful about. And so Moses takes them to this place be heir with the well is at. And he, he gets them to the well. And look at how they respond in verses 17 and 18. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, O well, sing to it. The well that the princes made, that the nobles of the peoples dug, with scepter and with their staffs. They are so excited after wandering, come upon this well. What do they do? They rejoice in song. Do you remember what happened with David after he slew Goliath? First Samuel 18, 6 through 7. As they were coming home. When David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, see, tambourines, and with songs of joy and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. They are out. They are singing. They are dancing. I got Kristen, was it last year or the year before last? We haven't used it yet. It was last year. I got Kristen a tambourine. She's always said she wanted to play the tambourine in a band. We're ready. You could celebrate in the street by singing and dancing and playing your tambourine. Mm-hmm. But think about this. Like, if you really think about this, I, I keep coming back. I know I've said this in church the last couple weeks. And the books that I'm reading for, I just started, well, I just started on Monday, phase two of my PhD. And so I've got this Old Testament study for the next eight weeks. And um, I keep going, The what I'm studying right now is like the architecture and the land and and of the people of the Old Testament. And so it's pretty fascinating, but what it keeps bringing me back to is what I was reading in Francis Schaeffer's books, which talk about that everything in the Bible happened in space and time. These are real people and real events and real places. And so you have to think about this, that they come back and the women, they are singing and they are dancing and they are rejoicing and it is joy. It's like a biblical flash mob. People are incredibly excited and they're expressing that through song. Psalm 153, praise Him with trumpet sound. There you go, Tristan. Praise Him with lute and harp. We are to praise God with instruments. And then my favorite, uh, Psalm 100, a psalm for uh, giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. You want to sing the song, don't you? It's in, yeah, it's my head too. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And we can't forget the New Testament, too, in Colossians 3.16, Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Music is this important part of God's economy, creating thankfulness in our hearts to God. Now, we know that anything God creates, Satan can taint. And music can be used in a sinful manner, too. Look at Daniel 3, 5 through 10, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, I don't even know what that is, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Therefore, at a time, certain uh, Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Music can be used righteously. Music can be used unrighteously. So I think we can easily all agree that music is integral to God's to God's economy, to God's world, we know that it can be used good for good and for bad, so then the question is, how should we all use music? Well, the first thing, like it says in Colossians, is we should use it constantly to glorify God. We should sing psalms and hymns. I think most of you guys, you've been around here long enough to know that psalms are meant to be sung. There's a class I'd really like to attend through Theopolis about how to chant psalms, but psalms were designed to be sung. They're prayers that should be sung. That's why we sing Psalm 23 at church. Brian Sauvey has a couple really incredible albums about psalms. They're really connecting to God's word. I didn't think I would ever use those words like in a sentence like, hey, there's a really good album on Spotify of psalms, you should get it, but there really is. Brian has done a really incredible job of making beautiful music and, and tying it directly to the word of God. Some CREC churches sing things like the Apostles Creed when we were at Christ Church in Moscow. They sing the Apostles Creed. You guys don't sing it, I don't think, do you? No. Um, When I was at Presbytery last year, we sung the Apostles Creed. That was pretty cool. I'd like to eventually do that in our church. It, It puts joy in your heart because good music is good for the soul. And everybody knows that here because you have music, all of you have music in your life that has stirred you. When I was growing up in the Episcopal Church, I never really understood the purpose of hymns. Like, I didn't even like hymns. I thought they were like old people songs. Like, why are we singing? Nobody had ever talked to me about the language of worship and the power of the language of worship in songs, right? Have you ever thought about it? I say this sometimes when we're in the service. When we get a little break, I'll talk about some of the words that we've sung through the hymns. But you should think about the words that we're singing in the hymns that we're singing. They're deep, and they're connecting, and they're worshipful. Look at some of the lyrics that we sing. Praise to the Lord who will prosper your work and defend you. Surely his goodness and mercy shall daily attend you. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do if with his love he befriends you. It's beautiful poetry. It's speaking to the truth of Scripture. There's depth in these words. There's, there's meaning and thoughtfulness put into these words. My, my favorite, probably one of my very favorite hymns is Come Thou Fount. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, the mount of God's unchanging love. I'll just read the next two. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, He to rescue me from danger, interposed His precious blood. Even right there, Jesus sought you, not you seeking Jesus. It's in the song. We're, we're, we're talking through our faith as we worship through this song. Right, O oh, to grace, how great a debtor! Daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to Thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. It's a petition. It's a petition of the detestable state that we are in and the dependency that we have on God, sung to beautiful music. It's God honoring poetry. It's beautiful God honoring poetry. And it's actually one of the reasons I'm totally against contemporary Christian music in churches. And I used to go to a church that played tons of contemporary Christian music. And I used to really enjoy it. And I, we, we have contemporary Christian music come through the speakers in the car when we're driving. But I, I really believe this. Not that I, I don't, I don't disbelieve that our people are making music in the Christian music world that aren't Christians. That's not what I'm saying by this. But there's a different way of honoring God through the words and the depth and the hymns, than there are is in a lot of these like Jesus is almost my boyfriend kind of songs in the contemporary Christian world. And, and I think there's a time a timeliness to hymns as well. It becomes connecting to Christians in the past. When we're singing songs and we're worshiping in a similar way as the people that came before us, there's a connection within within the family of the church that I think is also really, really important. And when you hear song or see, hear hymns and songs sung well, it's beautiful. When we were in Moscow, they have a small choir that stands kind of off, off to the side, and it was really incredible. Uh, these are people that have been trained how to sing, and they do it with no, uh, was there a piano? There was a piano. So the uh, same kind of a musical company that we have, and it was captivating to listen to. Actually, New St. Andrews, I was listening to their choir concert, not this one, but the one before, And in this room in Idaho, in their facility in the school, they have everyone sitting, you know, like you would normally sit, facing a stage, but the choir encircles them and sings to the group at 360 degrees. That's slick. It's super cool. It's captivating music. People using their voices, their their creative will, the gifting that God has given them to glorify him, and then we get to join together in song to glorify him. It's majesty. We were just talking about Amazing Grace yesterday and the, the power of the words of Amazing Grace about the physical sight restored and also spiritual sight restored. What an incre- incredible, incredible hymn, Amazing Grace is. Like I said earlier, I was a little bit turned off, I think, by hymns when I was younger because they just felt old. And they felt antiquated because nobody had ever spoken to me about the importance of hymns and songs. So I think sometimes it's easy just to, to, to pick, to get attached to music in church That's that feels like all the rest of the music you listen to because that's kind of the comfort space. Whereas when we get into hymns and psalms, it's growth for all of us. Like we all had to learn how to sing hymns together as a church body. We weren't doing it as a group until last September. And I think we do a really incredible job. I When I went to the first presbytery meeting, we sing a few hymns and a psalm before we get to the business. and. One of the other churches that's coming in with us next month, they were really funny. They were on a podcast because they just got uh, booted out of their network um, a couple months ago, and they were on a podcast, and he was comparing the church network they had been in before, which had, like, these huge conferences. Like, "and hey, we got the ladies' trip to Cancun. Woo! Make sure you tie your 3% back to the organization. And the guest speaker and the party and the food truck. And it's his whole thing, right? And he's, 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 like, recounting what that was like. And he's like, and then I went, went to the CREC thing, and it was... We gathered at nine. They told us to open their hymnals to a page number. We sang some hymns. We argued for a few hours and then went to lunch. <laughs> but it was great. Like I was with this group of men, all these pastors and the same hymnal we use at church, the Cantus, and we sang and glorified God. And I, I will tell you, men, there's something powerful about a group of men singing together. Like really legitimately, like just a group of men singing together is incredibly powerful. That's my 2024 goal for the lion's den. And it's a big like, step out of your comfort zone kind of thing because I can't hold a tune. But when you get a group of men together, there's something powerful about song that unites us. So when I started to understand that maybe the music that I needed to be worshiping God with needed to be more serious, more purposeful, more thoughtful, more God-honoring, that's, that's what, what drove me into hymns. And something else that kind of stuck out with me is that the songs that we worship God with should never have licenses associated with them. You should never have to pay to use music to honor God. right? Like this, we should probably do an outpost at some point about my thoughts about the capitalization on ministry. I think ministers should be financially supported, and I think there are things that ministers do that are outside of ministry that they can capitalize on, have business. I mean, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm all about that. But when you start selling things that provide access to Jesus, that limits that limits the ability for people to access Jesus and i would say that music and certain written publications and those kinds of things fall into fall into that category but you shouldn't have to buy a license to be able to sing songs that honor god and what we sing in church actually matters because not only is song and music this external expression of the soul hopefully a joyful one but music is actually the language of worship music is actually the language of worship. Now, that doesn't mean, like I said before, that I only listen to hymns and psalms. We have a, a pretty eclectic rotating Spotify playlist. But sometimes I listen to hymns and psalms. A lot of times when I'm writing sermons or writing the outpost, that's the music that I listen to. Sometimes we need a 90s afternoon here in the house and to bring us back to high school and our angst from years ago. But do you know how, I, you can't answer this, Sophia knows this, I bet you probably know this, you can't answer it. Do you know how Bach used to sign all of his symphonies? Sola de gloria. For God's glory alone. Everyone. He's writing these incredible pieces of music. And he's not writing them because he's he's trying to become rich and get a record deal. There were no record deals then. Right? He's writing it for the glory of God. His his artistic expression for the glory of God. And think about it, when you when you listen to artists, who are making their music and they're glorifying God, think about the difference in the music. You can hear it. You can feel it. Even stuff that plays on, on, on the radio, right? You, you know music and artists that honor the Lord and those that don't. And what I would tell you is that we should avoid music. We should avoid music that dishonors God. Now, like I said, I listen to a lot of different kind of music, and we listen to a lot of 90s stuff. In the 90s when I was in high school, I listened to some really dishonoring music. Wow, so I, had, I should apologize to everybody that had to ride in a car with me from like 97 to 99, maybe even 2000. It was really, it was really bad music. I listened to death metal. I listened to stuff that, that had like just mean, evil, angry, hateful lyrics. Like the music that, that's premise was dishonoring God. There's no business for any of us to be listening. To. I'm, not, I'm not here to like be your music police. You guys are all grown-ups. You know what on your playlist is honoring and not honoring, right? And, and I think that you should be listening to a variety of music and enjoying a variety of music, but we should, we should scrap like the satanic death metal off the playlist if you have any. Plus, it's really terrible. It's like two power chords and guys screaming into a microphone. I really don't know how to listen to any of that crap. It's bad music, right? It's terrible music it's usually offensive music as well it's terribly terribly intentionally dishonoring music and i think the bigger part of this is the reminder is what we put into our brains really matters what we expose ourselves content wise really matters it's easy there's certain things content wise like we just we we know okay don't but there's a lot of other stuff that's floating around need to be a little bit more thoughtful about, right? And so we need to use good discernment. God gave all of you a brain on purpose to use good discernment, so don't put things into your brains that are intentionally dishonoring God. We do the same thing with TVs. We do the same thing with movies, right? We do the same thing with written text. But I think what happens, especially with music is, the problem is a lot of Christians want to listen to Christian music, but what's the problem with a lot of Christian music? What? It sucks. Like, it just, it's just awful. Like, I don't understand how these really creative, godly people are like, let's take this gift that I have, music or art, and then let's make it worse. Like, it's really, it's really frustrating because there are so many brilliant Christians. I mean, we saw this with Christian movies for, like, three decades. And, you know, I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't get exposed to a lot of this till like, finding some of this junk on YouTube. There's really bad Christian movies. We watched one. Remember that Pilgrim's Progress movie we watched? The cartoon? Oh, it was horrible. It was, it. No, no, we watched like eight minutes of it. Yeah. I really like the Pilgrim's Progress. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great metaphor. We find this, I don't even remember where it was on. But, you know, maybe it was Faith Life TV or something. I was like, oh, we should watch this for the kids. We gave everyone, And everyone gave it like a good 10-minute try. It was so corny and so terrible. So bad. So I think what happens is when we're exposed to things like in our faith, in our faith tradition, we're like, wow, this just... This just kind of stings. It almost makes you recall and not want to like look over there or participate in that. We, we, I think all of us can do better. Now, I say that and I'm not a a musician at all. But I do appreciate good music and I appreciate gifted musicians. I live in a home and I have a lot of friends, you all included. That are gifted musicians and so i'm grateful to be around people who can play and can write and can develop good music so i'm aware of the uh, of of the creative process and i'm in awe of the creative process i'm really in awe of people that can write music and, and write the mute not just the lyrics but the music behind it. it i find that fascinating and that's part of the reason that as i was saying earlier we built the stuff in the basement we really want to help kind of make that a creative space for our kids to get together, or you guys to get together to make good and great music. Because Christians, we should be making the best things that exist. Uh, and, and I think that the guys in Canon have really done a really good job, and there's a lot of other ministries doing it too. We talked about um, Joel Webb's ministry and the guys at Apologia. There's a lot of folks in the Christians who are now making really high-quality production uh, content, so audio and visual and now we're starting to see really good music as well. But since we're focused on music, my encouragement is, is that we should be the people who are making the best, most beautiful, God-honoring music. Maybe you're somebody who's gifted to write hymns, then, then you should do that. Or maybe you're gifted to compose music, you, you should do that. Or, or maybe you're gifted just to write good music. It's not a hymn, it's not, and it's not, not something you're composing, but just good God-honoring music. I've mentioned Brian Sauve. I, I really enjoy Brian Sauvet's music. He's the pastor of Refuge Church. When we had the fight night here, we had a gentleman visiting from Ogden from his church, which was really cool. He is making excellent Christian music. Like he's making really, really good Christian music. And it's not just Psalm Sings. He's got a Westminster Confession of Faith sing through, but it's not just those things. He's got some sea shanties, but he just released a single. Have you guys heard it, A Mighty Host? I'll play it afterwards. I. I couldn't find the quote online when I looked because I wanted to capture it well, but I think I probably heard it in a podcast where he was interviewed. But he said that there weren't good Christian love songs. Like nobody was writing really good, God-honoring love songs. And so he wrote a song about his wife. And I'll just read, what do you, is it a stanza? What do you call the first before the chorus? What's the name? Verse. Verses? Section? Verse? verse? I'll read the first verse. I still remember when I saw her, there as she wandered in the garden, standing a stone's throw from her mother there in the hazy afternoon. And I could hear a hallelujah, like wedding bells all silver gold, and oh, I felt it there and then I still do, her smile a-rushing through my soul. Whoa, she's awesome as a mighty host, she's an army with its banners flown. Now who is this who shines forth as the dawn, clear as the moon, as bright as sunbeam songs? she's honey sweet and oh and she's red wine strong oh many waters cannot quench this love it is god-honoring and it's poetry and it's beautiful and it's good music see christian music doesn't have to suck christian tv doesn't have to suck Christian books don't have to suck. in fact in fact it should be the best music that is available and it should be music that stirs you music that moves your soul uh, and and so I, I want you this week As you're thinking about music, as you're listening to music, think about music as the language of worship. And think about how you make joyful noise to the Lord. We're going to sing, Come in, of Christ be strong in a minute. So sing a little bit louder. Sing with a little bit more gusto. Sing with a little bit more joy. Worship God through your words. Read the words as we we sing this hymn tonight. Like really read the words. The reason that we pick that as kind of the outpost hymn is because it captures everything that we do here how we feast and how we raise a glass and we're we're here together loving each other and being in joy as a family. The the music captures that. It it stirs in our soul and it worships our good God. So make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, all the earth. Amen? Amen? You shouldn't make a joyful noise to the earth. There's some people doing that though. It might not even be that joyful noise. Let's sing and then let's go eat. I'm gonna go open the the flume on the.